0: Hey everybody! This is Reagan Lopez, and you're listening to Unidentify. Today, I'm talking to actor, writer, founding artistic director of Company of Fools Theater Company, and self-proclaimed professional goofball, Cameron Clark.
1: I um have have been uh, struggling with this recently, um, but I think I I identify as somewhere in the world of white biracial Latino.
0: Cool, yeah I. I feel like it's changed a lot, especially in the last couple of years. Um, I think um, I always used the word Hispanic growing up because that's I did too. the word there was. But I guess now, you know, with uh, Latino being very prominent and then um, you being uh, Ecuadorian and um, I'm Mexican, I do kind of identify as being biracial in a way but you know that's not a it's not like a, a 100% guarantee that that's true you know yeah yeah um, I mean I did a DNA test and everything and it was like 30% Central American but there could be you know a lot yeah. of non-native blood in there
1: but yeah, yeah there, there there could be quite a bit of colonization in my uh, <laughs> in my bloodline I'm sure
0: yeah. Can you talk about a little bit about um, your theater company and how you guys try to do like diverse casting?
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, we we founded our company five, five and change years ago. Um, and the reason we did it was because we were seeing a lot of, um, we were seeing contemporary theater kind of repeating the same stuff over and over again. And that was frustrating to us. We wanted to take Classics of 20th century theater, like the stuff that they make you read in theater school, and turn it into something different. Um, and in the last couple of years, we've we've realized that the only way to really do that is to work with people that wouldn't necessarily be thought of as being in plays like that, right? So it's 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 about taking kind of taking the 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 way of doing things and flipping it in a different way. Um, so the way we tend to approach casting is. Um, or in the past couple of years, we've been basically putting out casting calls that either do not, either. So for the first couple of years, we were putting out casting calls that did not specify race or ethnicity. Um, And then after that, we realized that that just got us more white people. (laughs) Um, And because they were like, oh, that's me, I'm no race. Um, And then after that, we started changing it and we were much more specific the last couple of years we were doing in-person theater, we were much more specific about what ethnicities we wanted to play what roles. So Mm -hmm. we actually would decide before auditions, okay, we want this role to be played by a black man. We want this role to be played by a Latino woman. Like we were very specific about that. And then we went into auditions and sometimes that changed. Like sometimes we didn't get the people we needed to cast those roles that way. But most of the time we were able to, to, to do what we had set out to do. Um, but inherently, if you say in a casting call, we're specifically looking for BIPOC or we're specifically looking for Latinx performers, you will get more BIPOC and Latinx performers. That's just the way it works. If you say we're not gonna, if you, if, if you say it's, we're not specifying ethnicity, you're gonna get a lot of people who don't think that they have an ethnicity, right? That's kind of the way it works.
0: Yeah, that's like the, I mean, it's like a phrase, right? In theater, like the white defaults. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've heard it in, there was a writer, I guess, that wrote, for an animated series and he wrote like a character that was like standing at a bus stop with a dog and he sent it to an animator and she drew it as a woman and the dog as a female dog and he was like why did you do that she was like well you didn't (laughs) specify so it's like a white default and a male default right um, which is interesting um with the casting and stuff you being like white presenting and stuff I know that you've told me in the past that the other people that are on your, I guess, board um, would look to you for a guidance on, like, how, I want to say this, like, appropriately, how, like, ethnic people had yeah. to, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, a, 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 a lot of times it was, there were, there, there have definitely been some questions in the past among other people, like, at the casting table about, like, oh, well, if someone, has a, a spanish last name but presents as white like how to or if someone presents more like if someone's a darker skin latin person but has a white last name right how are we how are we deciding how diverse is diverse enough for a casting from a casting perspective right Um, And so very often people would be like, what do you think, Cameron? And I was like, I don't fucking know. Like I'm looking at people coming, I'm looking at 150 people coming into a room in uh, four hours and trying to figure out, A, are they a type of person that I would want to cast in this show first? Mm -hmm. And then, and then next is like, oh, I need to make sure that I'm hitting, that I'm hitting all the points I need to be hitting, which is, you know, we have committed as a company to equity and inclusion. And if we don't get the people in the room, then we need to keep looking. We can't just give up on 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 that. But at the same time, like, yeah, there's still a question, not just in my company but in the industry. I think of like, how diverse is diverse enough?
0: Yeah, um, I like that you brought up the stuff about names because uh, we've talked about names in the past. Yeah. Also, um, I know there's some people in your family that have changed their names correct or yeah. go by a different name um yeah. can you just like talk to me about that a little bit and how yeah. that uh i don't know helps to uh hide or uh <laughs> enforce people's bias maybe
1: yeah yeah i mean so my my mother's from ecuador my mother was born in ecuador and um moved to the states as a child was i should say was brought um, and when she married my dad, she took the name Clark. So that's my dad's last name is Clark. My mother's name is Clemencia Alejandra Cueva Cueva Clavijo, is my mother's full name, Cueva Cueva. I always flip them because it's different in the States yeah, yeah, than it different. is in Ecuador. Um, so she, her name now is Clemencia Alexandra Cueva Clark but she's just Clemencia Clark at work. And like when people write, when people write when people send her mail and stuff, it comes to Cleo Clark, right? Mm-hmm. So that like, she's pretty much in, by, in order to be like, in order to be successful in in her work, she's, you know, people call her Cleo Clark because that's, you know, easier for them to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so even Clemencia, which you might look at and be like, that's probably some other language, mm-hmm. right? That's not even what she goes by. So she's she's very much become like, um you know in in a way you could say it's been watered down to the point that like you would and my mother's not she doesn't have very dark skin at all she's very light skinned um she was much darker when she was younger and like then living you know growing up in chicago and stuff she kind of lost a lot of her like darker complexion and she doesn't really spend much time in the sun so it's like Mm -hmm. she's not you know but It's interesting because, you know, like you said about names, it's, it's weird that like names are so much of an identity thing. Um, and I, I, you know, my mom, I had a conversation with her recently about this and she was like, yeah, you know, sometimes I wish that I'd kept my name legally just so that you guys would have my name. And she was like, I don't, she said, I don't care so much about it. It's just that I wish people knew where you came from. And yeah. I was like, yeah, I get that.
0: I feel that. Um, I kept my last name when I got married, which part of it is weird. Cause it's just like taking one man's name, changing it to another <laughs> man's name. Um, but for me, the name is, is very important because I don't present as um, being Latino and so yeah. I want it to be obvious and I've been told to by um, actors to change my name by my dad to change my name my dad yeah a Mexican one um, but my husband also has kind of like a name like your mom he's Felipe and his last name is Colleen but everyone pronounces it Colin yeah. so sometimes people like my grandma would be like Philip I'm like that's that's not his name you know um I think it's it's interesting that if you if you're not visually um Latino or or whatever ethnicity race um that the name is a much stronger identity for right. those that aren't but it is interesting because you know slaves and stuff there their names were changed. And I'm sure a lot of our ancestors' names were changed. Um, so it's just yeah. an interesting thing to to feel like a pressure to like change it or keep it, depending on how you look, right. where you live. Because um, I grew up in Texas, in El Paso, and my dad has a very Mexican name, Arturo Lopez. And mm-hmm. Um, it's like 85% Mexican there, so there's no, that's, yeah. you know, everyone is. Um,
1: right.
0: So there's no need to like do that there. But I, I wonder if he was somewhere else, if that would have been um, something.
1: Right. That- yeah. Well, it's also so interesting, too, because like when it comes to the name, like you were just talking about, you know, if if you don't present a certain way, maybe you would choose to keep the name. And I agree with that. But it's it's so interesting because in its own way, that's. That's not right. (laughs) Like the fact that we we feel that like we don't check enough boxes to be considered Latin enough that we need to cling to this name. Right. Like it's a very weird thing. but at the same time, then I start thinking about at the same time, like, how have I benefited from my name and my appearance, right? Like yeah. I'm, because I surely have, um, Same. Uh, you know, it's, it's, if I, if I were a shade darker and my last name was Cueva, maybe I would not get the same treatment that I do. Mm-hmm. I, I shouldn't say maybe, I would not. <laughs> so like, it's, 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 it's a tough, like, it's a tough thing for me because I do crave the ability to like embrace my heritage and, and be able to embrace, you know, who I am and where my mom comes from. But there's also this like looming privilege that I have to contend with too.
0: For sure. I mean, it's a, it's a fight between, um, being proud and, uh, hiding it I feel like because I don't think it's right to hide it obviously no yeah um and it's it's also like I feel like from the outside someone can think oh um well you don't care about that side or you know that's not important to you which is not true it's just you're conforming in a way that's um you know, appropriate or livable for you. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's the thing I definitely struggle with. Like if I were to ever reach, you know, a level of uh, fame or recognition um, and people ask about that, I mean, I don't think I would ever be like, no, I'm not, or, you know, my dad is, right. I think, mean, yeah, I'm, I'm Mexican and that's that's what I am. And this is what a Mexican person can, can look like. And- yeah. um, not all Hispanic people speak Spanish and you know, that's not necessarily, there's no right or wrong way to, to be Latino or Hispanic. It's just a, a a variation of it. Um, Yeah. I guess I, I just personally don't want to be quiet about it. And the more people like tell me to conform to a certain thing, the less I want to do
1: that. Yeah, exactly
0: you know that was kind of like the reasoning behind wanting to do this of like there is no right or wrong way to to be who you are and what you are yeah. um but yeah anyways <laughs> yeah. Um, can you also talk to me about like being on the other side of the table as an actor and how that helped to you know inform what you wanted to do with your company um, or just, you know, i I know you've, you've uh, been pretty vocal about casting directors and casting breakdowns and how um, upsetting it is to you. Yeah. Um, yeah, just talk to me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, and it starts, I think it starts with, it starts from, well, I'll start with this. Theater, to me, has always started with the play, right? So, The playwright for me, and it's, I think it's different with film and TV because writers in film and TV scripts change hands so many times. Um, You know, a screenwriter that's credited on a film might not actually be the person who wrote the fucking thing, right? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: We all kind of know that it's kind of an industry secret, I guess, that like a screenwriter on a movie might've been like one of 12 people that wrote that thing. Mm -hmm. In theater, it's different because a playwright wrote the play. That's it no like if their if their name is on the play unless there was some big scam they wrote it um so and for me casting has always started with the playwright's intent um and that's where we start to get people butting heads in the casting world is like each person's interpretation of what the playwright wanted is different um and then when you have living playwrights who are openly speaking about not casting black people in their plays is when you start to have these issues of like, well, this playwright is probably a racist, but they wrote the play. It's their play. What can you, what can we do? We can't, we can't do what they don't want us to do. It's their play. But then how do we advance the art form? So the way, the only way to advance the art form is to not do that play, right? That's the, the answer is don't do that play because the playwright is a racist. Um, But unfortunately, like the larger companies and the companies that rely on rich white people's money are not going to stop doing those plays because those are the plays that make money. Um, But from a casting point of view, our objective as casting people has to be to broaden our horizons as far as, who can fulfill the missions of these pieces of art, these plays. Um, And it's what's frustrating to me. And what I have been so vocal about is when casting people have the audacity to pretend that someone's ethnicity has anything to do with their acting ability. Mm -hmm. Because like to say someone is wrong for a role, people are wrong for roles all the time but to say someone is wrong for a role because of their skin color is bullshit. It's just not true. Unless the character is like, unless the playwright has said, this is a black man and it's for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. Like if the playwright says in the script, this character has to be white because he's a racist against black people, then sure, yeah, we should probably cast that character white. But like if the playwright hasn't specified a race, what that why can't we cast it as whatever we want? You know, there, there's no reason that we shouldn't be able to do that. And what frustrates me is when we pretend, like, well, again, like the, the, the white default thing of like, well, what are we really trying to say by casting this character as black? Um, that he could be black. What, what, else, what, why do we need to come up with a justification for making a character black other than that usually it's played by a white person?
0: Hmm. And can you tell me about a little bit about um, this is more from uh an acting perspective of um casting authentic versus casting for um look because I know that yeah. has come up as well.
1: Yeah, casting for look as far as like what? Can, what do you mean? Um, like uh,
0: like let's say someone that looks latino or looks yeah. um ethnically ambiguous versus someone who is uh, latino asian black you know
1: yeah yeah it's you know uh, one of the first examples that always comes to mind is uh, mandy patinkin uh mandy patinkin playing um in the princess bride uh playing a spaniard um and it's an interesting the reason i always bring this up is because like Spanish people, people from Spain do look like that. that that's, that's traditionally what you would picture in your head when you picture right. someone from Spain, right? Yeah. Um, he's not from Spain. He's also not Latino. There's in recent times been um, complaints lodged against that movie, which is now like 30 years old, um, that, a, that a Hispanic person was not cast in that role. But at the same time, you also have like people like Antonio Banderas playing roles as like people like Pablo Picasso, but then also as people like in Desperado where he's playing a Mexican, right? Mm -hmm. And he's Spanish. So then you also have like... Like, To to be clear, for people like Spanish. Spanish is European. Yeah. He's European.
0: European. They just speak Spanish. They are not indigenous. They are European.
1: Yeah. He's (laughs) Anglo-Saxon. Yeah. He he, he's European. So he's playing Mexican characters and basically any character in the Western hemisphere that speaks Spanish, Antonio Banderas is going to probably play them. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is not really right (laughs) because he's not, He's not indigenous. He's not Mexican. He's not Latin American. He's European. And, but then that's when you start to get into the kind of weird diciness of, well, but like me, I look more European. Mm-hmm. I look more European than Latin American, South American, right? So, is that because most of my ancestors were European? Maybe. Um, my family ended up there. So there must've been some indigenous people at some point, but like I got clearly more European blood and it's, it's, it's interesting because like, I've been talking in recent days about nuance because we seem to have lost a lot of nuance in the last couple of years. And this applies here too, especially with casting to try and like come back to the question, like, yeah, you know, if we're casting a play where we just want a diverse group of actors we have a little bit more leeway to play with like skin tone and like what the traditional, like what people think of when they think of a Latin person, which I hate anyway. But like, um, if you're looking at a play that's like, I'm trying to think of an example, but like, if you're looking at it, I can't, it's so hard to even think of plays where Latin people are playing normal fucking people that I can't even think of a role to like, like, um, like oh like if you look at any of um, um, uh, Stephen Adley Girgis's plays, um, which are in mostly set in New York City and mostly consist of like black, Latino, and um, Middle Eastern characters, right? Um, in in plays like those, for me, it, it's more it's it's a little bit more important to try and find. Um, performers of different skin tone, different like dialectical backgrounds, different demographic backgrounds. Um, Because just because someone is is Latino and speaks Spanish doesn't mean I'm necessarily comfortable as a casting director and as the artistic director of a company putting someone that looks like me on stage in a New York, like Puerto Rican role. You know what I mean? Like that still, for some reason, rubs me the wrong way, <laughs> and maybe it shouldn't. But when I have to worry about the reputation of the company and, the repu- and my reputation as someone who casts plays, I have to think about like, am I going to piss off every New Yorker I know if I cast someone too pale to play this role? Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah, it. Uh... It comes down to like when is appropriate to cast for look and when it's not um yeah i i mean i just get frustrated that there are people out there saying we want to cast authentic we want to cast authentic but then when it comes down to it it's like they cast someone who's you know italian and has dark skin or something and it's like okay well if you wanted to go for a darker skin then you can put that in your breakdown saying like Right, Latino, Indigenous, something, and get someone who is authentic. Yeah, that's gonna cut people like me and you out from auditioning because if I see breakdown that says Latino and nothing else, I'm gonna go for it if I'm right for. I go, yeah. But if I see a breakdown that says Latino, Indigenous, um, you know, Afro Latino, then I know it's not for me. Right. And that's just kind of like what frustrates me. Um
1: yeah casting people are afraid to be specific they're they're afraid they're afraid to be specific they're afraid to say we don't want white people Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's stupid like if the role is not and and we have to as actors we have to get used to the fact that we're not right for every role (laughs) we're not like being an actor doesn't mean you can do anything you want it does it's never meant that and if you think that's what being an actor is, I doubt you're a very good actor. And it's, I hate to say stuff like that because I love actors. But like, if you look at, the people that looked at the Hamilton breakdown all those years ago and got so upset because it basically said, we don't want white people to audition for this show. That kind of shit just drives me insane. Like you, you then just look at the very next entry below that one. I guarantee you were right for that one. Guaranteed guarantee it yeah like you were wrong for hamilton get over it
0: (laughs) yeah but also like hamilton's interesting because like there were white people in the original cast um not a lot but there were and so like they did cast the people who were the most talented on the right for the parts right um and they had black people they had afro latinos they had latinos they had asian people they had white people And Mm -hmm. so Hamilton um, kind of did it right because they said diversity means everyone and everyone was cast. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of interesting.
1: The The other interesting thing about Hamilton though too, based on what you just said is like, then when they went to cast the national tour, right? They wanted to try and force it to be as diverse as the original Broadway cast which is why they phrased the casting call the way that they did. So with the original Broadway cast, what it was is that Lynn just happens to know all these people who were perfect for the roles and they happen to mostly be Mm non-white. So then when you write the casting call for a show that already existed and that he pretty much wrote for his friends, really, if we think about it, it's hard because then you have to be like, well, I want it to be like the original, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't wanna say, I want this to look exactly like the original one because that feels weird, mm-hmm. but you want it to look like the original production because it was such a breakthrough that this was like a mostly non-white production. Oh my God, whole, and, it, and it didn't have to be, but it was yeah and then when you go to recap when you go to cast the national tour it's like oh now because it's forced it's a problem
0: yeah I do think it's funny that like you know Lynn manuel Miranda is pretty white looking yeah right um <laughs> I mean just pointing that out but also uh I think they tried to get even more diverse, like you're saying, with the national tour. I remember they put out a statement saying that uh, they were open to casting Hamilton as a woman, or any yeah. of the roles um, that were men as women, and that has not happened. Didn't so,
1: happen.
0: Like <laughs> in a way, they they got ahead of themselves, and um, I don't want to say they lied, but I want to say that they. Uh, they said something that I think they weren't willing to uh, commit to. And that was yeah. that was many years ago now, four years, five years ago. So I don't know that, I mean, that, that is interesting. They, they ran into their, they ran into the same problems that they were trying to overcome by doing yeah. that
1: Right. And that's kind of where, from the casting side, that's where I get a little bit um, like, I, I get a little bit kind of, eh, because by trying to interfere with something like that so much, you end up screwing it up. Mm-hmm. Like, if you try to be, if you try to be so fucking, like, we are going to make this the most divert. like, if you try that hard to do it, it doesn't work. Because yeah. the people that you actually need don't show up.
0: Mm-hmm. Because then they feel like they are checking a box. Yeah, Same it's a to- it's authentic.
1: Yeah, it's tokenism at that yeah. point. It's like we need
0: exactly.
1: come Latinos. We need to cast you. Like and we're and we're like nah, <laughs> like that's weird. Yeah, don't like that.
0: Yeah, it just feels like it. It uh, it's turned from something that felt very like indie and cool to something that was very um, yeah corporate. Which, which I have heard it, it is very corporate, the way yeah. you run things there. So, I mean, not to say, you know, I love Hamilton and whatever, but uh,
1: musicals,
0: right. musicals are businesses and they have all sorts yeah. of political uh, problems.
1: Yeah, under- a, a, a musical that wants to run for years is a brand. Mm-hmm. Like there's no it way around no it. no
0: bigger like, brand than Hamilton. No. Yeah, I, I remember a girl I took, class with once she was in the the original cast and mm-hmm. she said that she felt like um they, she always had to be on they were always having to do pr and you know the producers would kind of act like that was um you know getting paid in in press and in swag and stuff was like good enough in a way yeah. and obviously they fought to get um compensated for um the workshops and stuff and they won, but in the end, I guess it wasn't very much money and right. that's, you know, that's a whole other topic, but yeah, <laughs> um, has um, casting and stuff made you want to act less?
1: No, no. Um, actually it's, I think it's given me, I, I have been acting less. Um, but I think that's because I've fallen in love with what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, running this company has been the, be- like the coolest thing I've ever done. So I, I, that's why I've been doing less of what I originally wanted to do. Um, I think casting though has made me realize like there are very specific things that I am right for. Yeah. Um, and very sp- And also frankly, very specific experiences that I'm willing to tolerate. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm not willing to go into an audition that I know I'm not going to be treated well at. Yeah. Um, and, you know, being on the other side of the table, I've met a bunch of other people who run theater theaters. I've met a bunch of people who are like, I'm not like a, I'm not a big deal. Like I, I'm, I'm casting for my company. That's it. But I've managed to meet other people that run companies, other people who are doing productions in New York at the scale that we are. And so I've met a few people that when I see them put out audition notices, I'm like, not going to that. <laughs> like I know them and they suck. Like that's just kind of, and we all have those people. Right. Um, but like in having these intimate conversations with other people who are casting, you come across people where you have conversations and go, Oh, you're not casting the way that you should be casting. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it is it is tough because then like now I feel like sometimes I go into rooms as an actor and I'm like don't like the vibe in here.
0: <laughs> yes. yeah, I think that's part of like um, aging as an actor too. Like you come to the yeah. city, and my first year in the city, I went to over two hundred auditions, and that's a fucking lot for anyone that's listening and doesn't know two hundred in one year is a fucking lot. Um yeah. And that's all, you know, I didn't have an agent at the time, and that's all like busting your ass, getting to EPAs, getting to open calls, short film auditions, all of these things. Um, And the older and older you get, the more you whittle down that list of, okay, well, I'm actually not ready for this you come to new york and you audition for everything that's in your age range basically yeah. and then you start whittling it down and i think the more you um, get in touch with like who you are and you know part of that is your identity your your sexual identity your racial identity your ethnic identity all of these things you realize the things that you're really right for and the things that you're not and i think yeah. that's really true you you, I have left auditions before without auditioning because they rubbed me the wrong way as well. I know, like you said, I'm not a big deal. I'm not a big deal either. And uh, (laughs) I still am not gonna work for no pay. Like I've put in the legwork and I've put in the hours. And at this point in my life, like I can't work for no pay. So part of it. And then the identity and knowing yourself is the other part of it, you know?
1: Yeah. And if you're, if you're watching this, particularly if you're a person of color, don't work for no pay. Don't do it. (laughs) Yeah. You you can find someone to pay you. I will pay you.
0: (laughs) Hopefully. I mean, hopefully after this crazy time and crazy, you know, more than a year now, uh, we won't have a lot of no pay things.
1: I hope so. Yeah. I hope so.
0: You know, who knows? Um,
1: yeah there's always going to be, and I say this very tongue in cheek because I was one, there's always going to be a 24 year old white dude starting a company who's going to start off needing people to not pay. (laughs) And I encourage you, if you have been in the business for longer than a year, don't take those gigs. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. um, I don't know if you heard, but like, most of like the comedy theaters in the city have like closed at this point um yeah. close the pit just closed um yeah. you know cave in the creek which is in queens closed um a lot of these these places that people used to do comedy closed and uh it's kind of up in the air as to what's going to happen next but all of these places were places that lived off of not paying their performance <laughs> And furthermore, most of the performers were white. So um, what's going to happen next? I don't know, but I hope it's better than it was.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you also look at uh, a theater that I won't name, um, but a rather large off-Broadway theater that is in really, really big trouble right now. Um, because of their, uh, basically their, uh, unpaid internship program where their, uh, their unpaid actors did all the work say, for all their productions. Who it is, we all know <laughs> it's the flea. It's the flea. Yeah. Um, the, <laughs> I'm still in like, I'm still in the mode of like, maybe some people don't know. And I don't want, but no, it's the flea. Um, and you know, I've known many people who have been bats and have worked for the flea and yeah. most of them were people of color. Yeah. and they didn't pay them and they, they, I mean, they, they
0: put out so many um casting calls for just people of color just people yeah. ability so many so they seemed like a company that really wanted to um advance a diverse voice yeah. um but i mean i auditioned for the bass i was called back for I did too. months too and I mean, honestly, like I was horrified. Like, obviously, I didn't get in, and that's fine, but I was horrified looking them up. And one of the first things I found was like an article from the New York Times about how all these people that are in the bats are on food stamps and are on unemployment, all this stuff. And it's like, I mean, Actors Theater of Louisville, they're like huge, and they, at least they used to. I don't know how they, function now but they functioned that same way as well
1: yeah
0: um food stamps and unemployment and that's how their interns lived for nine months or whatever the term of the internship was um
1: yeah that's crazy
0: it is is disheartening because off-broadway theaters you know anyone that's like a theater practitioner in new york city likes off-broadway more than broadway right that's where exciting things are happening that's where you get these really interesting progressive shows and to know and realize that they um don't give a shit about their performers it's like um you know just uh, white liberalism
1: right and yeah like exactly and it's and on top of that it's discriminatory they're discriminatory (laughs) they're they're Most of the people that are advancing at these companies are white men. Yeah. There's, there's not a whole lot of diversity at the board level. There's not a whole lot of diversity within the company, like um, staff. I mean, they're all, most of these companies are run by white men who are wealthy and just their business model is we won't pay young artists and anything of ours that becomes profitable, we will use stars.
0: Yeah, can you hear that?
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's
0: like, there's people double park on my street all the time, sorry.
1: Yeah, mine too.
0: Just a minute. I mean, since we're waiting for that, I'm just gonna ask you something, not to put you on blast or anything. Are there other beside you non-white members of your board?
1: Yes, we uh, we, added, uh, we added my friend Tyler to our board at the beginning of the year. So uh, we just recently added a black man to our board. Um, He's been working with the company in like a staff capacity for three years now, Mm -hmm. Um, but he was just elevated to a board position. Um, And then Claire Solly uh, is our currently our only woman on the board. But we are um, hiring. We are looking to hire a woman of color for the board over the next year.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, How much of like what (laughs) your trying to do as far as you know diversify your board diversify your casting is this is like an odd question and maybe this won't even make it into podcasts but um how much of it are you advancing um uh black people and latino people and how much of it are you thinking about advancing other minorities like asian
1: yeah i mean I'll be, I'll be very honest with you. I'll be very honest with you. Uh, up until recently, my priority has been Black and Latin people. Mm-hmm. Um, and frankly, I think it's because those are the people I know and have worked with. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I simply, at this point in my career, have not worked with very many Asian-American groups or Asian-American theater artists. Um, not because I've been avoiding it, but because I just have, it just hasn't happened for some reason. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's honestly that, and I will say that's because I haven't made an effort to, like, I haven't, I haven't been actively like we need to cast more Asian American. I haven't done that as an artistic director. And that's, that's bad. That's wrong of me to have not done. Um, and we're, we're currently, we're currently working on some initiatives to broaden our scope with Tyler's help, our new board member, with Tyler's help, we're working to broaden our scope to um, people of color from all racial and ethnic backgrounds, um, people of all gender identities, um, and uh, people from, you know, people from um, different language backgrounds as well, um, as well as people with with uh, physical or uh, psychological disabilities and, and difficulties. We actually are working on an initiative right now to partner with um, an autism group in New York City to broaden our audience to people with their uh, neurodiversities. Um, so that's part of our upcoming um, outreach programs right now.
0: That's great, that's great um, to know your blind spots and try to fill yeah. them. Um, yeah, and just- more,
1: more will come. I mean, there will always be blind spots. So, yeah, you know, it's just about being able to take that <laughs> and like not be defensive about it. Right.
0: Right. Not be defensive is, it's key. Yeah. Um, I guess just kind of like to end a little bit, can you just tell me um, any other like areas of your life or experiences that you've had where um, you feel like your identity or your lack of a certain identity has helped or hindered you in like a really you know a way that stuck with you
1: yeah um I think I've definitely seen I mean I'm a so no you no one can tell because I'm sitting down at a desk but like I'm not a small like I'm not a diminutive person I'm like six foot three um
0: crazy hair crazy hair
1: pretty big dude yeah
0: yeah um
1: and like when I walk into theaters, like when I walk into places, people notice um, and they notice most of the time in a positive way. Like they're like, there's a guy, that guy just, he probably needs my help. Like when I walk into theaters, front of house people usually come up to me right away. Um, Cause I'm a big goofy looking white dude. And a lot of times I'm with my friends of color and we go in, we go to the, when we would, when we used to go to the theater together, people would just assume that the tickets were in my name or that I had made the reservation or that I was like bringing my poor friend to Broadway or whatever. Um, And very often I would go with a friend of mine who works for a theater and like, the mm-hmm. comps were always in his name. Mm-hmm. So people would come up to me and be like, yes. And he would be like, they're in, it's me. I, I fucking reserved the tickets." Mm-hmm. Um, so that's always an interesting experience, um, to talk to my friends about like later being like, do you want to stay or should we go? Like, how, do you, are you going to enjoy this experience at the theater with me knowing that you're valued less? Like, how are we going to, yeah. <laughs> and it's, and I actually recently spoke to someone at Signature Theater because Signature Theater recently did this thing where they reached out to a bunch of their patrons to ask them about any of their patrons that had, that had like self-identified as a minority ethnic group. Mm-hmm. They reached out to and were like, how's your experience been at our box office? Like, have you ever felt discriminated against in Signature? They got like an outside group to come in and do it, um, which was really cool because no one has been talking shit about Signature. Mm -hmm. so they just i guess they just decided to do it (laughs) which is cool um but that was an indication to me that like my experience and my friend's experience is clearly not a singular experience that it happens all the time um that theater is an elitist white art form at the high levels at the broadway level particularly Mm -hmm. which is a shame because it shouldn't be that (laughs) um and it never, I mean, at the at the ground level, at the off off Broadway level, it never was that.
0: I mean, even if you go back to Shakespeare's time, right? Like they had the yeah. dollar um right standing room, and that was for the poor people. And unfortunately yeah. in the United States, poor people are mostly non-white. So there's yeah. a um, but I mean, right. definitely elitist for sure.
1: Yeah. But I, I also do I also did want to say, um, The other experience I have in looking the way that I do, but coming from the background I come from is white people all think I'm their buddy.
0: Yes, I was just gonna say this because I kind of felt like you were going that way. I mean, I'm sure you have had an experience where someone said something racist because they thought they were in good company. I have had that experience.
1: Yeah, they think they're they're gonna get like a little, (laughs) right?
0: yeah and I'm like cool
1: you're a fucking racist
0: yeah and Great. it's because you kind of have to just um I mean my one like really obvious experience when it happened I was like 18 and I I, I was a passenger in a car I had to laugh it off and yeah. it was just kind of like okay your friends suck they weren't people they weren't my friends they were friends yeah. a friend. and I was just like cool I don't this car
1: i want to leave now
0: yeah um that that is anyone that has an experience of being uh white and not being white has had this happen yeah
1: Yeah. and you know there are different ways to respond to it and like again because of the way i am i can get away with being like fuck you don't fucking say that shit no one's gonna (laughs) (laughs) no one's gonna fuck with me like if i say that no one's gonna be like um like no one's gonna threaten me no one's gonna give me fucking shit about it Mm -hmm. they'll probably just cower and walk away but like i that's a privilege that i have that i get to say shit like that to people if they fucking piss me off um i mean when i was a teenager i was playing i was a goalie on my soccer team when i was a teenager and we were playing a team from uh we were playing a team from a part of like my home County in Virginia that is predominantly Hispanic. Um, So the soccer team was predominantly these little Hispanic boys and they were kicking our ass. Like just, they were smoking us. (laughs) (laughs) So like one of my teammates was mad because he was getting his ass kicked every other play. And he called this kid a name to like, told me that the kid was this. And I was like, Now I got to beat your ass. Look what you did. Now I have to beat your ass. Like, what do you, what do you expect from me now? I can't just be like, Hey. Yeah. So the next, next time I made a save, I had to chuck the ball at the back of his head just to give him a little, (laughs) give him a little jostle and I got away with it because, you know, that's the way it is. But yeah,
0: yeah, I, I definitely, I mean, I'm a small, uh, I'm a short woman, a petite woman. Um, and my husband, I would say, also presents pretty white um he's full Mexican, but I mean you know him, Cameron, but um
1: yeah, he's awesome
0: he's, he's very um slim, he's like very slim stature, so he's very non threatening looking and kind of going back to um you know your friends buying tickets and you know people not thinking they bought tickets. I, we had this thing for a long time where people would always ask us for direction and I had a theory of like people ask whoever the most non-threatening person looks for directions right and we yeah. would always 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 get asked for directions so that was like one experience we had but the other thing is like when we would be on the subway or in a public place and be talking about uh Mexican things or uh latino things um
1: yeah
0: words or like saying certain phrases or food or whatever we were always in the back of our minds like people probably think we're racist right now because they don't know yeah that we are mexican and um that's always something that we're aware of like okay well if someone gives you a look it's because like they don't <laughs>
1: yeah
0: and like hearing a lot of people like Talk about us in Spanish, like on the subway. That that has happened a lot. about yeah. You know, oh, look at that white girl, like just different things, good and bad. But here, yeah. on them just being unaware that we're like, okay, well, we know what you're saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lady
1: that worked at a, a lady that worked at a, I think she, I think it was like a Subway sandwich shop, was like making my sandwich once and she was going to write my name on the ticket. And I told her my name. I told her my name was Cameron. And she was a Latin, little Latin woman. And she laughed and, like, said something to her friend about my name. Because in Spanish, my name's pretty close to shrimp. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she thought that was funny, and she said it to her friend. And I thought it was kind of funny, too. So when I left, I in Spanish, I said, okay, have a good day. And she was like, she "This fucking look on her face, like, oh, shit. Yeah. Caught my ass. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's because of colonialism or whatever, or just because... You know, people have their own biases, but I mean, Latino people can be very biased as well. We and... can
1: talk some shit, man. <laughs> <laughs>